Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have best-selling author Karen Anderson, and Karen is a specialist at communicating with animals that have gone to the other side. Today, we will answer the questions, do all dogs go to heaven? Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Karen Anderson. How are you doing, Karen? I'm doing great. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm I'm excited to talk to you because this is a subject that I get asked about all the time. It comes up in interviews. It comes up in conversations, you know, and there's, and the subject that we're going to talk about is such a big emotional part of our lives is our pets, our animals, cats, dogs, horses are the main trio here that we're talking about and what happens after they pass and you know, when you lose a pet, it's so devastating. I've lost a pet, and I'll tell my story of my pet later. But, you know, it's it's a devastating, devastating thing. And I think the same way that people listen to shows about near-death experiences to feel comfort about what happened to their loved ones, there isn't a whole lot of information out there about pets. And pets, in many ways, is a tougher loss than a human being because they're pure love. It, it, there, there is no, oh, they backstabbed me. Oh, they cursed at me. It's pure love. Unless it's a cat, and that's a whole other conversation. I have cats. I can say this. Uh, me too. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. You know I exactly do. what I mean. Yep. So you, you're the author of The Amazing uh, amazing Afterlights of Pets, uh, of, of, of Animals, excuse me. And uh, it's done very well. It's, one of the, it's a bestseller. And I thought, well, if I'm going to bring somebody on, talk about animals in the afterlife you were the person so i appreciate you coming on i am looking forward to diving into this subject for my audience oh thank you so much and i'm excited too i have so much to share so first question is when did you discover this ability uh, of being able to communicate with animals on the other side well i think my earliest memory is probably around maybe when I was five or six okay. where I could see spirits, human spirits. Okay. So it start out human spirits. I could communicate with my living pets and that's where it all started to surface. So I can't ever remember a time where I wasn't able to communicate with departed spirits. So it's just, it, it just is part of me as far back as I can go. So, um, let me ask you this then, when you decided to come out, uh, out of the closet, if you will, I always like asking this question when you came out of the 
I could talk to animals on the other side closet. Um, I'm assuming wasn't well, uh, well welcomed by everybody in your life. Uh, so <laughs> because I've had people, I have channels, I have psychics, I have mediums. That's a tough gig. There's no question coming out to your family going, I'm a psychic, I'm a channel, I'm a medium. But to come out and say, and as I say this out loud, it sounds crazy and you will agree with me. I talk to animals on the other side. Um, or I talk to animals or I'm an animal communicator in one way, shape or form. Um, do you want to talk to Spot? I can hook you up. That that does sound a little nutty without question. So how did people around you deal with it? And I'm saying it the way I'm saying it for people to understand that this is not an easy path to walk. Um, you know, this is not an easy path for you to walk because it's it's insane for a psychic and a medium and a channel to do it. You are in a whole other subcategory of what I've just discussing, which in, in my art, in my opinion, is probably one of the toughest paths to walk because it's, people will accept talking to a loved one much faster than they will accept talking to a pet. So go ahead, my dear. <laughs> well, let me just say I have some really thick skin. Okay. Um, <laughs> you be- you better. I've been caught. <laughs> I do. And I've been called every sure. name you can think of. Mm-hmm. And it used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore. I don't care if it's, you know, maybe the first time someone's heard about animal communication, they still have an interest. Like they'll lean in and go, oh, well, you should talk to my dog or you should talk to my cat. So even if they're just borderline, like, you know, this woman's nuts, there's still that little teeny spark of interest where they want it. They want to know more. So I would say that truly my background in law enforcement helped what? me develop the thickest skin on the planet. Real quick, before you continue, please yes. let everybody know you have a background in law enforcement. You weren't yes. like, you know, a gypsy walking in the, you know, in the, in the countryside going from show to show or a carny, you were a law, you had a serious career. I did. I did. I know it's crazy, right? From deputy to psychic, you know, it didn't make any (laughs) sense back then, but now as I look back on it, it's like, Oh, I get it. That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So here's the, the fun part. You know, my family thought I was nuts enough when I said I was going to become a cop. This was back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, they, they're they just like, oh, my God, Karen's lost her mind. And then when I finally announced I was leaving law enforcement, they were thrilled until I told them what I was going to be doing. And that was like, wah, wah. <laughs> there goes Karen at- again. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you know what? It's, it's fine. Some of them still don't get it. Sure. You know, it's okay. I I get it. It's just a weird thing. It's just, it's strange, but it's amazing. And that's why I couldn't really convince myself to stop what I was doing because it just blew my mind every time when my mind gets blown and I'm the one conducting the session. I want more of that. I want to know more. So I just kept leaning in and it just, kept growing and growing. It didn't start out with departed pets. It started out with all animal communication. And then it just, from there, it started morphing into departed pets in the afterlife because those messages were just incredibly healing, especially to someone who's in that dark, dark place that can't break out of that, that thought that, 
you know, their beloved companion is gone forever. And then I deliver one itsy bitsy teeny tiny little message that only that pet would know. And boom, you can feel the shift in the room as that healing moment takes place. I got addicted to that. I will mm. fully admit it. I got addicted to that feeling when somebody shifted from that deep, dark place of grief to that, oh, there's no way you could have known about that. There's only one being in this whole world that knew that. And that was my companion. So it's interesting. It's interesting. After speaking to, I don't know, probably over a hundred near death experiences now, and many of them, their pets are there as a comforting, all their pets from like every pet they ever had shows up yep. as a comforting thing. And I had one the other day that was telling me that like where the family members and relatives and ancestors weren't that close, their pets could come right up to them because there wasn't like, you can't really have a conversation quote unquote with pets. Um, but if you bring up, you know, aunt Jane, like aunt Jane, where have you been? It wasn't that place that, cause she wasn't going to stay. She was going to go back. So the, but she, that was very interesting to me. Like the, the dog came up and was hanging out and yep. and things like that because it, well, let me ask you, cause you have such an insight on animals and what their purpose is here for us. You know, uh, animals have such an ability to heal us, to love us when we might not be able to find that anywhere else in, in our relationships because it's pure love. I've had a dog and I've had a cat. I've had cats. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And my dog is, it was pure, pure love all the time. No matter what, it was absolute pure love. Like I said, cats are different. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I never thought I would be a cat, a cat own a cat, but my, my my family had to get one. And I was like, all right, and now I've learned to love them. You just they're just different, it's a different vibe. <laughs> you yes, earn their are. love. You earn their love. One treat at a time. Uh so they have such they have such a powerful impact on our lives, but yet. Really not that's really not discussed very much in the spiritual in the spiritual conversations that I've had. Pets and animals generally are not talked about that much. That's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. So my next question is from your experience, do animals have souls or do they have a spiritual journey that they have to go through? Obviously different than ours, but what have you learned? I have learned that there's a little bit of everything. It is a different type of spiritual journey for an animal than it is for a human because they don't have agendas. They don't have uh, lessons they have to quote unquote learn. You know, sometimes humans have to keep coming back because they didn't accomplish in their past lifetime what they were sent here to accomplish or learn or grow. It's all about the growth of the soul, the expansion of the soul. And the animals are, are perfect. The, the human animal, not so much. <laughs> so you, you really can't improve on perfection. You know, animals are, are pretty perfect in every way, shape and form. 
So they don't have to keep returning for the same reasons that we keep returning. There is usually a reason they come back if they do choose to reincarnate and come back. And that is for our benefit to help us. So they're truly in our best interest coming back to support us on our journey so that we can hopefully get it right the next time. So their souls are just enjoying another lifetime, another experience. And yes, there's probably expansion for their soul. But again, how do you improve upon perfection, right? I mean, <laughs> truly, it's so, uh, it's it's us. We need the the little improvements each time we come back. Do from your experience, is part of our soul blueprint? Are these animals kind of set up to come into our lives because and teach us lessons and either be a support um, or or possibly just teach us patience because they're just very energetic, a Jack Russell, a cat that doesn't stop running around the house and and you need to learn patience. So that's why that animal was put in your life. I think that's the reason why my animal was put in my life yes. currently. Because you know what? I remember when I was young, I mean, you yell at, you'll yell at a dog and the dog will whimper and stuff like that. But five seconds later, they'll, they'll love you again. Right. You know, it's, it's really interesting. So what do you, what's your thoughts? I do. And, you know, the way I describe it is kind of like, you know, on the back of, you know, the UPC codes back here, where is it? Mm -hmm. There yeah. it is. UPC yeah. codes. I feel that our companions are coded to us. So maybe not in every lifetime, but throughout our lifetimes, because we come back many, many times humans do. Yeah. Animals don't always. Sometimes they just spend time in the afterlife because why wouldn't you? It's perfect over there. But I do believe that they're coded to us. So no matter which lifetime we're in, if they choose to come back, we'll find them in some way, shape, or form. They may be a little different than they were the last incarnation. But I do believe that our souls have that same uh, coding, if you will, for lack of a better word. So you don't have to ever worry about finding them or not finding them. It's meant to happen. You'll be together. There will be a way and it will happen. And you just have to trust that. Cause I have a lot of people that will ask me, well, how do I know where to find them? How do I know where to look? And I tell them, you just have to pay attention. Your heart will speak to you. There's a, an, is something that happens when we connect in, with an animal that you can't even describe it. So your heart, your soul, your higher self recognizes the soul of your returning animal before your conscious person recognizes them. And, and it'll be instant. You'll be drawn to each other. You know, it's really interesting that like you look into, into the eyes of an animal, especially some of the larger animals like an elephant or a horse I mean, you see this depth in those. There is something going on behind those eyes. They're not just automatons walking around the earth. They, there is, like, and of course with dogs and cats, but I remember specifically the elephant. Like you see, you can sense sadness with them sometimes. You can sense happiness. I mean, obviously it's easy with a dog. You can tell them they're happy or when they're sad pretty quickly. But there's something going on there. Do you believe, I've heard this from other spiritual masters, believe it or not, that 
there is an evolution to animals, meaning they grow as a soul, as 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 as, a, as an entity, if you will, and then they might get to a point where they graduate to becoming a human soul, a young human soul. I'd love to hear from your point of view if that's possible, because their explanation was, if there's animals who are hanging around humans for long periods of times, many lifetimes over, where you have that super smart dog or super smart horse or something like that, where that you like Lassie, for example, let's just use the famous right. one, Lassie, they or Benji or something like that. They they're so far beyond their counterparts that there's something else going on. Super, they're super smart. That that maybe their next level is to evolve to a, a young human soul. I'm just curious to your point of view. That I've heard of that. I'm just curious. Well, it's interesting because I waffle back and forth on which type of soul is the graduation. Is it the graduation of the human soul or is it that the human graduates to the animal soul? <laughs> I understand because it's so pure in that sense. Yes, because truly the, the reason that our animals are with us, there's you know hundreds of reasons why they could be with us, but they are so pure of heart, they're pure of soul, they they are truly the unconditional love that humans we have to really work at that they don't so who's who's graduating to whose level i I'm sure I, in, in the it, mental capacity of sure. course there's that uh, but i think that, that we have just as much to learn from oh. them if not more uh, because they they live their lives so purely and so much in the moment. And Alex, I'm guilty of this. We are rarely in the moment. We're mm -hmm. thinking about tomorrow, next week, you know, next month, or we're worried about what we did yesterday or the email we sent or didn't send. Not so much with the animals. They are right here, right now. They're in the moment. They're in the sunspot. They're running through the grass. They're enjoying the sunshine. And what are we doing? We're chasing around thoughts. And they are not. No. Well, to, to a certain, but to, to a certain extent, though, um, and I'll push back just slightly, is that animals, you're right, are perfect, but they they're not as complex. Um, True. So they're not as complex, meaning like they're pure love. Um yes. they're in the they live in the moment. There is not a lot of room for growth is as, as as opposed to us that we have this massive gambit of emotions and experiences and things like that so i would i would argue that we graduate they could graduate to us it might not be as pure as as fun as everything but that's that's what we are as humans to if we're here to experience this massive gambit of good bad and everything in between as opposed yes. to animals it's all just really truly purely love unless you know and then we don't, i don't even want to get into the conversations of animals are abused or animals that are, are, you know, food or any of that kind of stuff. That's a whole other conversation, but just sticking to pets, uh, dogs, cats, and horses, that's kind of my point of view on it. Would you, what do you think? I, I agree. And I've, I've heard both scenarios where let's say a, a human, uh, it's in the highest and best interest of their soul to experience what it's like in an animal body the next time they reincarnate and I've heard animals experiencing life as a human soul. 
I don't have um, a million stories about that because usually dog comes back as dog, cat comes back as cat, horse comes back as horse, human comes back as human. So it's rare, but it, it can happen. I, I do believe that in the afterlife, anything is possible if it's in the highest and best good for that soul's growth. So yeah. it really depends. I don't think there's a rule book or a checklist that says, nope, you're a cat. You must come back as a cat or you're a dog. You must come back as a dog. I don't think the rules apply. I think it's mm -hmm. more about what's in the highest and best good for that soul, for Fair their enough. journey. Fair enough. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Now, can you share one of the most heartwarming or impactful stories you've come across doing your work, uh, talking to uh, oh, yes. owners who've had yes. on the other side? Yes. And I like to call you their moms and dads mm -hmm. because the word owner means like we own them or like Fair enough. Know, Fair a enough. car or a piece of property or something. I think they own us. <laughs> oh, I no. Know. Anyone looking in from the outside says that little creature has this huge thing walking yep. around, cleaning up after them, feeding them. They live like kings and queens, generally speaking. So I yes. will I will sit here. Here's here's my cat. Um, I will sit here and stare at human until human opens door. Right. And then mm -hmm. human gets up and opens door. So I get it. So um, an impactful. <laughs> <laughs> an impactful story. I have a million of them, but I want to share this one because it just highlights the purity of the animals so well. So I've always said that I love all animals and I love communicating with every different type of animal, but cats will make a fool out of me every time. <laughs> they, if they have the opportunity, they will take full advantage. <laughs> they will tell me that they're ready to go and then they'll stay here and be alive and well for another six months. And there are humans going, Karen, you're wrong. Fluffy is still here, <laughs> whatever. It's like, okay, it's a cat. So um, in this particular case, it was a cat. And this cat was had passed on. And the client contacted me because she felt horrible about how things ended because it was kind of a series of unfortunate events. She was late for work one day. She was backing out of her garage and she accidentally ran over this cat. It was her cat, but she didn't see it. And the cat didn't die at, at that moment. It just got, um, was injured. So took the cat in, you know, got treatment, but the cat never fully recovered and eventually it succumbed to its injuries and passed away. So she felt responsible, of course, right? Um, because she ran over it. So when I was communicating with the cat, now she's on the phone with me. So all I have is a picture of the cat. I work off of a photo of the animal. And this cat started, you know, sharing the love that I had for her. And she actually rescued it off the streets. And it just was showing all of this, you know, complete appreciation for everything she had done for it. And it kept showing me an amputated leg. I'm sorry, but that's what it was showing me. I kept seeing a leg, like a, a human leg. And I thought, oh, I don't want to 
I, I thought the cat was trying to tell me its leg got amputated and it didn't know how to show me its leg. So it was showing me a human leg. I don't always know what they're showing me. So I hesitated. And after the third time, I have a rule. If an animal shares the message with me three times, I have to share it. That means it's important and I need to deliver it as gently as I can. So I finally said to my client, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to you know, trigger anything here for you. Um, but was, did your cat lose a leg in this accident? And she went completely quiet, silence, deafening silence. And then she started sobbing. Oh. And wow. I thought, oh no, I did it this time. I really <laughs> did it this time, you know? And I, I felt so bad. So when she finally got her breath and could tell me what had happened. She said, Karen, <laughs> it's hitting me again. She said, no, my cat did not lose a leg. She said, three months after he passed away, I was in a horrible car accident and my leg was amputated. Wow. Wow. So for her, the cat didn't know that when it was alive. It would only know that if it was still around her after it had passed because it could see what she was going through with her leg being amputated. And all this cat was concerned about was her. It didn't care about what happened to when she accidentally ran it over. It was all about how it was there to help her and it was there by her side and helping her through this difficult time yeah wow wow that's, i know it that's still hits remarkable. me it's pretty remarkable these these stories because it just you know it, as it, you're telling this story of course i have my animal who passed when i was a kid in my head and i'm like oh wow it's you know because it's it's he's always back there he was a very special animal i mean well, well they're all special to us but um he was just, he just showed up and, um, you know, it was so funny. I'll tell you this, there was one story. He had a rough last five years of his life. Um, he lost his back legs. So he was basically in diapers and all that stuff. And I was by myself for most of the, my twenties. I mean, I had dates here and there and had girlfriends here and there, but generally speaking. And, um, he had been with me. He wouldn't go. He was already 11, 12 years old, wouldn't leave. He met my wife. I brought her over after I was dating, met my wife. The next day he, he left the next day. And I was like, Oh, oh my, like wow. he, fin he finally, he like, thank God. Someone's <laughs> here to carry this weight. I've been holding this guy down for 12 years. I'm done. Uh, thank you so much. He's all yours. And he was like, I'm out. And he left the next day. It was, <laughs> It was, I mean, he's not as mean as I portrayed him to be, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but that's what happened. And, you know, when you see things like that, you just can't ignore that. There's something oh. going on. And I think, and I think all of us have, if you've had an animal in your life, you've experienced something like that. There's something deeper going on. And I, I yeah. don't know exactly what that could be. You know, I don't talk about it often because it's just not something that people talk about very often. 
But it's just interesting because you can't just look at that and go, coinkadink. Like it's no. not, you know, I mean, seriously, 12 years, last five or six of it, he couldn't walk really. He was like dragging his, you know, he had a little wheelchair and everything. It was rough. It's a rough time. And I learned I learned a tremendous amount of lessons from him. Um, patience, <laughs> uh, all this kind of stuff that I needed to learn at that time of my life. So it's pretty remarkable. I'm sure you've heard stories like that as well. Well, that's that's a good one. And and I think that, you know, this it's an honor to have them in our lives and that they entrust us with their care and their well-being and that they basically want us to be their caretaker and they they choose us in some cases. And it's a beautiful thing. It's it's unlike any other relationship we have as a human being. A connection to an animal companion cannot be compared to a human. I would never mm-hmm. try to compare it to a human. Right. But there's a depth there that you touched upon that is indescribable. And when we experience a loss, a physical loss of that companion, it changes us. And I think we never go back to the way that we were before. I think we are always a different person after that experience because that's part of our growth. That's part of what we are meant to experience. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I would endure all my losses again if I had to choose, you know, do I want to go through this again? Do I want to experience that deep pain? I would say yes. It's deep pain. I feel it just like everyone else, just because I can communicate with them doesn't mean I don't experience that mm. full range of emotions, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would do it again because it's such an honor, such a joy to have them in our lives. And I've learned so much from them. Well, let me ask you, Do you, from your perspective, do animals have a different um, perce- perception of the afterlife or the other side than humans do. What is their perception? How can you explain the difference? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Oh, totally different. So, you know, big, I didn't even believe, I didn't even know that I believed in the afterlife. The first departed animal I communicated with, I didn't know it was departed. And I freaked out. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. You know, I was so naive back then, but you know, we're talking about, you know, the late nineties. So I've obviously grown a lot since then. I've learned a lot since then. And it suddenly appeared to me that after many, many, many sessions with pets that are on the other side, I thought it was so interesting, Alex, that the animals had absolutely no fear or concern about death or dying. Zero. The humans do. And they don't obsess about it. The humans do. They don't want to talk about it. The humans do. On the other side, once they've passed. Correct. Even animals that are here and alive and well they don't want to talk about those things. It would be like talking about something they have no idea what it is. It'd be like trying to describe boogeyman to somebody who's never seen the boogeyman. They can't really talk about something that they haven't fully experienced. 
I had somebody ask me one time, can you ask my dog who the next president is going to be? And I thought, what? And of course, the dog had no idea, no clue. But there are just certain topics that they just, it doesn't. In, in other words, when the dog or dog or cat passes, uh, they don't automatically have great conversational skills and no, no. and very well read. No, no. <laughs> they no. are. They are animals and they have certain concerns and certain emotions, but at a very basic level, as they would here, essentially. Correct. They do get more philosophical. So, for instance, if I communicated with an animal that was alive and well, they would probably talk a little bit about their life, what they do with their favorite things. They like to talk about positive things. I think I think it's very interesting that the humans wanted to focus on everything that was negative, mm. like their their misbehavior or misconduct or the things, you know, not using the litter box or, you know, the behavioral issues. The animals want to talk about what's fun in their life, the, the good stuff, the good memories, and the humans all want to talk about the negative. So I've learned so much by the difference just between how humans think about things versus how animals think about things. It's really fascinating to me that they don't focus on that. And so for, when they get to the other side, when they are in the afterlife, almost with, I can maybe count on one hand, and I've done thousands upon thousands of communication sessions. I can count on one hand how many animals wanted to talk in detail about what happened to them in their final moments. Mm. They don't want to go there because it, it doesn't matter. They're very right. accepting of their life ending. However, their life ended accident, um, predator, Ab euthanasia. Abuse. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They don't sit there and dwell like a human does and run it through their mind day and night. They don't do that. So, it's so, so from my understanding, speaking to so many uh, mediums who, who in channels who talk to the other side, a lot of times there's voices that come in. A lot of times there's images that come in that they have to decipher uh, that flow in. How do animals on the other side send messages? Because I'm assuming if they're a Chinese dog, they're not going to talk Chinese. Uh, right. If they're an English dog, they're not talking English. What is the communication medium? There is a, a really cool translation process that happens in a, in a split second. And I am a psychic i am a medium which means i can communicate with departed spirits but i also have other ability other abilities like clairvoyance clairaudience clairvoyance is where you see images clairaudience is when you hear things mm -hmm. and um, some of the other clairs so when i communicate with an animal i employ all of those everything's working all at once to be a receptor and antenna to receive information. So for instance, if I open up a session for a departed animal and I have their photo, I might start getting images flashed at me. I might see somebody on a beach. I might see um, an image of their favorite place to sleep. I might see something out a window. I might see just a color or a shape. Then I might hear something. I might hear somebody's name. I might hear uh, some other sound. Like sometimes uh, one particular time I kept hearing bells ringing. I thought, what mm. that, what is that? 
Well, it turns out that this particular dog uh, had little bells on the doorknob. So when it wanted to go outside, it would go over and ring the bells. And it was still ringing the bells from the afterlife. So the bells were very important. It was how this dog was communicating with his family that he was still around. He, he would ring the bells and they'd look and there's no one there. And the bells would ring and they'd look. So that was nice. really important. And, and then there's also the feelings, the emotions, the sentiment, the, the love. And that's what's so powerful. And by the, way, not... is, by the way, is love from a dog different than love from a human on the other side? Or is it just love? Wow. Okay. So I have to think about that for a minute. Is it different? I would say my first knee-jerk response, which I'm going to give to you, is that there is zero hesitation from an animal sure. to send That's their nice. love. I have found with departed humans who I also communicate with, sometimes there is either a worry or a concern or a hesitation. Sometimes there's not. But with an animal, it's every time. Boom, 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 boom. Like rapid fire, like exploding love surrounding you in every way, shape, and form. Mm. So that's that's my first response to that okay. is that it is never hesitant from an animal. And the reason that they come through to me is because they love their humans so much, they're excited that I will be able to share their messages with their mom or dad, their caretakers. So they're there out of love as are our departed humans but a lot of times my clients in the past weren't that happy to hear from a certain particular <laughs> loved one. Because they're still holding on to resentment or the past or <laughs> right. stuff. There's none of that generally with animals. Animals, there's no. just, there's no like, you know, that animal no. crapped on the carpet. I don't no. really want to talk to him. No, <laughs> not there. That's Never not happened. Nope. Nope. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting because I'd have to ask permission. You know, I have someone here, you know, I'd say I have someone here. It looks like a grandmother or grandfather energy that, that wants to come through, wants to deliver a message. Do I have your permission? Because sometimes the answer was no. Nope. I do not want to hear. Don't want to talk to Uncle Bob. Right. If I had their other cat or their other dog or their horse or their parrot or whoever, like from childhood, oh, yes, please bring them through, bring them through. So it's that, that fascinates me, you know, just the connection that we have with our animals. And, and there's no time limit. You know, I, my oldest no, client was in her 90s and we did a session and went all the way back, almost 100 years back. And I was communicating with her pets from when she was a little girl. Wow. So there's no time limit. It, they come through. Now our our memories fail us. I don't know about you. I'm I'm gonna lump myself in this category, but my memory, sometimes I forget what, what I was supposed to do five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So for me to be able to remember every quirky little thing that my animal did from 90 years ago, I would have a hard time with that. But the love never falters the personality comes through that 
main characteristics come through. It's just hard to remember some of the details. Like if they said, oh, I remember that time we went on a drive right. to such and such. Right. You know, you're yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's, that might be a big deal for the dog. But for us, it's just another drive. So it's, it's a different perspective. What right. So is is love the most common message that animals share with you? What is the most common message? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It is the positivity. It is the lack of negative anything. Mm. That's what I have learned so much from the animals. They don't want to talk about the bad stuff. And if you bring up the bad stuff, they will pull their energy back. They'll be like, "Mm, I don't want to go there. And they just... It doesn't serve them. If it no longer serves you, if it no longer serves them, they don't want anything to do with it. So they are all about the here, the now, the positive, uh, what's good in your life, the funny things they did, the funny things you do. They like to talk about you. That's another one of their favorite topics. I had a gentleman one time. I'm going to refer to him as a gentleman, even though he was not very nice to me. He basically was a skeptic, uh, I'd say borderline cynic, um, but he wanted a session, I guess, to prove me wrong. I think he really wanted to prove me wrong. And um, this was a a while ago. So, of course, I, you know, booked it. And um, it was a departed dog. And the dog came through and, and all the dog would show me is I felt like I was sitting at a computer like we are now but it was like nonstop 24 seven. And I felt like there were computer screens all around me, like in a semicircle, and that all of my focus and attention was on these computer screens. And no matter what I tried to do as the dog, I could not get the attention of my person. Well, I have this saying, uh, rule, if you will, that I will not alter a message. Yes, you should. I'm the messenger. So my job is to deliver the message. So I thought, well, how am I going to say this without offending Mr. Skeptic here? Right. So I just thought, you know, just, just say it the way you got it. So I told them what I just told you. I said, I just feel like I'm surrounded by computer screens and I feel like nothing's going to get your attention. And this makes me feel sad because that was the other feeling I got was the sadness was Mm. that he, this was the life that he lived. Well, I didn't hear from that gentleman for about a year. Mm -hmm. And then he finally emailed me with a very long apologetic email saying what a jerk he had been to his dog and what a jerk he had been to me. And that he was truly, he took the message to his heart and he changed the way he was living. That was him sitting at the computer. He was uh, in advertising or I don't remember exactly, but it was something like that where he was nonstop. He had to be on, you know, six different monitors surrounding him all the time. And now he said he volunteers at animal shelters, that he he, uh, fosters dogs that are abused and need a home. And it was all because of 
the message from his dog and it changed the course of his life. And I thought, wow, that's the power that one message delivered. It can really be life-changing in, in so many powerful, positive ways. That's beautiful. That's a really, that's a beautiful story. I know that a lot of us, um, as our pets are nearing the end, um, you know, as we get older, I don't think it ever becomes easier, but it's a lot more difficult for a young one who not experience. If you've gone through it once, you kind of know what's coming. How can pet owners prepare themselves for this transition to when their pets are about to cross over? Right. I just want to share that um, it's different for everyone. You know, we're, we're all, we all handle things differently, but I want to share with you what helps most animals. And again, all animals are different too, but most animals that I have communicated with have told me that the thing that they really appreciate the most is that they leave this world with dignity. Mm. Okay. Now, that may be different for you, may be different for me, may be different for the next person. But I want you to really think about that with the companion that you love. They came into this world with dignity. How can you help them leave with dignity? One suggestion I have is to not let it get into crisis mode. So if you're struggling with euthanasia, if you're struggling with taking a life, if you're struggling with that, like all of us do, um, they don't see it that way. To them, you are helping them leave a body that is failing them. And I will tell you as a police officer, former deputy, that death is ugly. Natural death is ugly and there is a struggle. It's not like on the movies where you just kind of close your eyes and go to sleep. Now that happens sometimes, but generally speaking, the end of life is a struggle. The body is trying to live. It's trying to breathe. The heart's trying to beat. Things are trying to keep going. And in the animal kingdom, the will to survive is even stronger. So they're going to be fighting to survive even though their body is failing them. So they really look to us to help manage that so that they don't go into crisis because they don't benefit when their human is in that space of, you know, kind of mania. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience because I've been there. Um, I've lost many of mine and I've done, I've done it wrong many, many times, but I'm better now. And I think each time I get a little bit better. So there's a right. fine line we walk as their caretakers determining, okay, when is it too soon and when is it too late? You know, how do we find that sweet spot right in the middle? And it's just a personal choice. It's a decision. It's something that you hope that they give you a sign that they're done or that they're ready to go or when they stop eating or when they just don't lift their head up anymore. They can't walk across the room by themselves. You need to realize they've entrusted you with their care. They trust you with their whole heart. They don't see it as you ending their life. They see it as Sorry, I'm getting all emotional here. Woo! Um, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. They see us as um, it's it is 
the most loving thing we can do. And they honor that and they don't judge us. They don't hold us responsible. They don't blame us. They don't, they don't look at us like, how could you do this to me? They don't. Even if at the very end, and I've had this happen to me, where they're on the table and the injection has gone in and they start flailing around and crying and doing all of this crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden you think, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, sure. what have I done? That's just the, I'm probably going to say it right, sympathetic, there's a there's a term for it. There's responses in the body sure. you know, that I'm happen when, when things are shutting down. Sure. And it's natural for the body to resist that. Like, no, I must breathe, even mm. though we know it's probably best that we say goodbyes. So there's something that happens physiologically, but it messes with us. And that's the last image we have. And we think, what have I done? And then we hold on to that. We harbor that. I did that one time for like decades. I held on to that. And it's so unnecessary, Alex. That's the the biggest takeaway that I want for your listeners is it's so unnecessary to hold on to those feelings because the animals just don't see it that way. It won't even come up. They won't even mention what happened in those final moments. It's like, it's not part of their experience. And once they're in the afterlife, it doesn't matter what happened. It's like, it doesn't even come up on the radar. It's, it's, it's non-existent. So what you've carried around now for weeks, months, years, decades, like I did, doesn't even concern them. So use that energy, that ability to turn a negative situation and use that in a more powerful, positive way by sending them how much love you have for them in your thoughts and in your feelings and use that, all of that energy in a more positive way. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And, and the, you were saying that doesn't even, it doesn't even register to them. It's very similar to near death experiences who sometimes look down and go, it was like, ta- like when they leave their body, it was like taking off a, a heavy coat. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it's, it's not even, a, you know, it's like, Oh, well there's Jenny on the floor. Like, right. you know, like they don't even, it's not a big deal when you start going into, in, in the afterlife. It's kind of like just taking off a costume. It is or kicking off your slippers. Yeah, it's almost irrelevant. It's almost irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Do you worry about the pair of shoes that you, you know, either tossed or donated? Do you worry about what happens to those shoes? No. And they don't worry either. What matters is the love. That's all that matters. And how things ended, it only matters to the human. It doesn't matter to the animal. They will never judge you. They they won't even bring it up. No. Because let me, it's not important. So let me ask you, uh, we've kind of mentioned this a little bit, the skepticism and people who are skeptical about all of these things, who question the existence of the afterlife of animal after afterlife in general, let alone an animal afterlife right. is just a step too far. What would you say to people from your perspective who are skeptical of 
afterlife for animals. I completely get it. I do. I was really not much of a believer myself until I experienced it. Mm. So I would say if you're, if you're skeptical and it's, you should be, you should have a healthy skepticism because you should, you should question things. That's healthy. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally get it. But my thought is experience it, inform yourself, research it, find out, you know, if it's a topic that you're interested in and you're not sure about, you know, read books, you know, you don't have to read my book, but I'd love it if you read my books um, and, and read the examples. These are real people. These are real stories. They're, they're in my, I have groups on Facebook where the people who are actually in my book are in these groups and they write about their experiences. It's a real thing. And it, it can happen and it does happen. And when it happens to you, it's magical and it's life changing. And sometimes in life we have to take a risk. And sometimes that risk involves stepping outside of our comfort zone. And when it comes to topics such as the afterlife, it is truly one of those things that's worth it because when it's, when it happens to you and you get one of those incredible messages, you will remember it and be better for it for the rest of your life because there's nothing like it in the world. It truly is an incredible experience. Now, what do you hope people take away from this conversation? Death is not the end for their pets. And they don't have to worry about moving away and leaving someone buried in the backyard and not taking <laughs> them with them or right. right. Or they spread their ashes on the, you know, on the, in the Atlantic ocean. And now they're moving to the Pacific ocean. And will their dog or cat or horse or whoever remember them or follow them or know where to find them? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's things sure. you think about, right? Yeah. Um, it is, you are bound to each other. There is a connection there that will never be unconnected. It is a, it is the bonds of love. The bonds of love never die. They grow stronger and stronger. And the longer that the animals are in the afterlife, the more subtle their energy becomes. That means as time passes, you may not sense their signs or messages as strongly as you did right after they made their transition. But that's normal. It's not because of lack of love. It's just their soul progressing as you and I will one day, the longer we are on the other side in the afterlife, we will become more and more transparent. That's a good thing. It's like we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're progressing. We're expanding. Our soul is expanding out into this vast universe and beyond. And the same thing happens to our animals, but they will never, ever leave you. And the more that you talk to them, the more you say their name, the more you celebrate them and remember the happy times, and the more they will come around and possibly send you a sign. Do animals reincarnate with their, their moms and dads, if you will, uh, life after life? Not always. Uh, there's some that do and some that don't. It's really depends on that particular animal and what's in their highest and best and what is in your highest and best. For instance, I've had horses my whole life. Well, what if I 
my last horse transitions and what if I move somewhere where I can't have a horse? So then what? Does that mean they would never come back to me? That doesn't necessarily mean they would come back to me as a horse. Maybe they would come back to me in a smaller size, cat, dog, parrot, something. They could mm. come back to me. So there's so many ifs when it comes to reincarnation. Sure. There's it's It's like this fluid ever-changing because of humans change their mind all the time. We move, we change careers, we sure. leave relationships. You know, we, we go, you know, throughout our lives with all of these different changes and the animals have to adapt to that too. So if they're planning on coming back to us, they're going to choose the best time for them and the best time for you. And that may be this lifetime. It may not be until the next lifetime or the one after that, but you will always be connected to that animal companion. I'm going to ask you a few questions to ask all of my guests. What is your definition of living a fulfilled life? Being able to not just think about your dream, but to do your dream, no matter what it is. If it's cooking, if it's singing, playing the piano, tennis, painting, um, whatever it is, don't just follow your passion, do your passion, do your dream. And even if it's something crazy, like my dream was <laughs> to be able to understand the animals and communicate with them on the highest level I possibly could. Stand in the exact center of that truth and experience it. It's worth it. It is worth all the negativity that you know naysayers will give you. It has changed my life in so many magical ways. If you had a chance to go back in time and talk to little Karen, what advice would you give her? You got this. Fair enough. How do you define God or source? Ever present, ever powerful within here. It's here. It's not out there. It's here. The God source is within each of us. The creator is within all of us. So when you tap into that, the universe responds in amazing ways. And what is the ultimate purpose of life for a human and a pet? Love, experience love, give love, receive love. When we have animal companions, we not only give love, we learn to receive love. And I think for some of us, that's really hard mm. to receive love and, and truly appreciate it and to give it back wholeheartedly. No strings attached, just pure pure essence of love that's all that matters it's what, it's what fuels the afterlife love fuels the afterlife and where can people find out more about you your work and pick up your amazing books you can find them on amazon they're on audible um you can go to my website which is simply karenanderson.net nothing special about that karenanderson.net i do have uh, books on my site as well. I also teach basic animal communication for people who are interested in learning. I have an online course. I have a Facebook group where you can practice and and learn with me there. And that's the best way to reach me. And if you're interested in a session, reach out to my website. I am no longer conducting sessions because I am focusing on coaching and 
writing my next book, which is mm -hmm. going to be out in September. Can I share that one too? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah. Well, this will come out afterwards, but yes. Yes. It's yes. called The Pet I Can't Forget. Oh, The Pet nice. I Can't Forget. Yeah. And Alex, it's filled with these stories of what I just shared with you today. Right. It's got like story after story after story, plus all the signs from the afterlife that our companions send us how to, how to look for them, where to look for them, how to raise your vibration to receive more signs, and also how healing they are and the transformations that come from signs from the afterlife. So that's going to be out any minute now. The pet I can't forget. I love that. It is a great title, I have to say. Um, <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And Karen, what do you have any parting messages for the audience? It's a rap song. I can't forget. Can't forget. Um, I really, I you know, aside from the animal communication and the craziness of you know connecting with departed pets, I have a nonprofit animal sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So all the proceeds from my books, all the proceeds from my courses, all the proceeds from my coaching goes to help animals that have been abused, abandoned, or neglected, and cannot find a home otherwise. They have medical issues, they're mm -hmm. old, special needs like yours. Um, I give them a forever home. I live on a 30-acre ranch in Eastern Washington, and mm -hmm. I devote every waking hour to caring for these animals. And they, once they're here, they stay here. This is their final refuge. I just want anyone who's listening to go, oh, well, she's just profiting off of her books or, or her courses or whatever. It all goes back to the animals. And you can go to my nonprofit. It's called paintedrainranch.org. And you can check out all of our animals and see how spoiled they are. <laughs> and send a, send a donation too if you feel so inclined because we we are solely supported by donations. Karen, it has been a pleasure talking to you. This has been such an interesting and wonderful conversation. I do truly believe it is going to be very healing for a lot of people out there. So I appreciate you and the work you're doing in the world, my dear. Thank you again. And right back at you. I appreciate you so much in this opportunity. And thank you for everyone who stayed with us until the very end. I want to thank Karen so much for coming on the show and sharing her experiences with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, please head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 339. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.